0: you know one in five Americans live with a mental health problem? <laughs> that means unless you live in a cave, you know someone personally dealing with these issues.
1: So join us and our special guests as we answer your questions, share real stories, and work to pull the curtain back on how stigma impacts our everyday lives and our communities.
0: We believe that making a real impact happens best with candid conversations, laughter, and tears. We are your hosts, Jennifer Ritter and Josh Moore, and this is Impact Stigma.
1: Good morning, evening, and afternoon. Good morning, evening, and afternoon, Josh. How are you? Pretty good. How are you? I'm good. It's Friday. What do you think
0: of our new setup?
1: Oh my gosh. We actually have had a makeover, you guys. It's so cute in our little studio. Yep. A.K.A. Josh's office. Yeah. But it looks really neat. Yeah, we'll put some pictures up
0: on social later. Yeah.
1: I'm excited. Yeah. I'm in search of a bright green rug, though. Yeah, we do need a bright green rug. <laughs> that would make it. I know. We'll really pop it out. that would be great.
0: Yeah, it feels more homey now.
1: I like it. There's more room.
0: I have more room to move. Yeah, that getting rid of that big round table was nice. Yeah,
1: for sure. Now it's easy, and I think it's definitely better for pictures. And
0: oh yeah, well, so. speaking of pictures, we're yeah. doing something new. We are. We're doing vintage Polaroid shots to promote our podcast going forward. Yes, we are. So we've done. We just did one with our special guest today.
1: Josh has a handy dandy little. I mean, circa, what is it, Nineteen seventy. It's actually
0: brand new. Oh, is it? Yeah, it's It's a brand new model. It looks vintage. I know. It's called the Polaroid now. Nice. I know. I love it. Being a professional photographer for years, you wouldn't think, like, using a Polaroid would be any kind of fun or anything. But I've had the best time.
1: Yeah, I actually love those. With the
0: Polaroid camera. It's actually made me love it even more. That's great. I know.
1: My daughter got one of those. Uh, it was when they first came out for kids. The little, I don't even know what, two by three, they're tiny little pictures. And the, I don't even know what they're called. We got it at Michael's online. At Might Amazon. have been an like Insta stack or yeah, Insta so, or something, yeah, something like, that. like that. But I didn't even realize I liked them until I got a hold of one and I was like, this is so much fun. It is. It's a lot of fun.
0: Yes. I love Polaroids. They're my fave. The one thing I don't like about it, the price went up on them. So it's like $2 a shot now. Yeah.
1: It's okay. You better make it good. I know. There's no do overs. <laughs> No two overs at all, Josh. Oh, uh, know. Yep. All right. Well, we also wanted to say really quick that if you check out FrontierHealthFoundation.org that you're going to see a little bit of a facelift there. And now you can find all of our podcast information and everything about the Impact Stigma Movement underneath the Impact Stigma Movement tab. So when you're looking for us online, we're right there. I know. And it's nice and easy. It is easy. We really appreciate it. We're excited. We worked with High Road.
0: And if you like it, become an Impact Maker.
1: Yeah. We'll get to that at the end. But yeah. All right. So hello, everybody. Hello to all of our dedicated listeners. We really appreciate you guys. Welcome back to season three of Impact Stigma. And as you all know, we are reaching out to our community and bringing in leaders and important people that you guys will know, or maybe not, but you're going to get to know some really incredible new stories. So our special guest today grew up in, the, in rural Southwest Virginia and graduated with degrees in business management, and mass communications from Henry and Henry College grade school. And she she actually has more than 21 years of experience working with nonprofit organizations. And she served on several boards and committees in the community, including United Way of Bristol and Kingsport, and was named a 40 Under 40 honoree. In addition, this Grundy Virginia native served as marketing director for William King Museum, and she was also the program director for Keeping Bristol Beautiful at um, Bristol Chamber. So before becoming the new CEO of the Boys and Girls Club of the Mountain Empire. She served as regional director of Big Brothers and Big Sisters of East Tennessee. We would love for everyone to help welcome Kathy Loudermilk to Impact Stigma.
2: Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here.
1: (laughs) We're so excited to have you. I'm very
0: excited. I know you are. Because I get to ask two fun questions. I know. And I'm really good friends with her husband, and they're going to be great questions.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So I'm assuming you may have mixed it up this time. I've really mixed it up
0: this time. (laughs) That's great. All right, Josh. Oh, you want me to kick it off? Hey, yeah. Okay. I want to know something incredibly embarrassing about Mr. John Loudermilk. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. I've got to be very careful here. No, you hey, don't. It's should, in
2: fact stigma. I should have to think. Um, well, I joke all the time, but it's really not a joke that I am raising two children. <laughs> I have a 13-year-old, and I have a 40-something-year-old. <laughs> but the, he He pokes and prods at our son just like an older brother. So, most of the time, I'm fussing at both of them, and I laugh because I can't fuss at my son like I would probably do because John just instigates a lot of oh.
0: the Oh, my goodness. Messes. You know, he loves stirring it, stirring the pot.
2: Oh, all the time. I know yep.
0: He has good fun, though. Absolutely.
2: He's great. We appreciate Josh.
1: Josh, John. Yeah. There's a lot of J's here. Jennifer, Josh, John, Justin. John. Justin. There's all kinds. I I get them all twisted up all the time.
2: I would fumble too. Yeah.
1: (laughs) All right. So I wanted to ask you, what is one thing
2: that you would say you are not very good at? Uh, Well, that's a funny question because I was just talking about it this morning at work. My answer to that question would be, I am not good at waiting. Like, (laughs) Especially when if I can do it myself faster. Mm -hmm. um, It's really hard for me to wait for somebody else to do it. But the funny thing is, if you if you ask John, he would say that I am not good at keeping plants alive because, <laughs> really, there is nothing at my house that doesn't die if I try right. to take care of it. He is a gardener and he loves that sort of thing, but it is just I just, just do not have that green thumb at well, okay. all. Don't
1: send you a, a plant for a thank you gift, no, unless okay. it's a cactus. I was gonna say, or a plastic plant.
2: Yes, that would work.
1: Yes, make sure it looks really, really real. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> so you're you're busy. You you've got a full career. You've got two kids at home with John. Do you cook a lot? And if you do, like, what is your favorite go-to thing to go cook?
2: Um, I do try to cook a lot. I, I will say with this new job that it's been harder because I get home late. But our go-to meal, if if I ask what what the boys want, um, it's usually a lasagna. Oh, I love lasagna. Oh my we gosh. just had that this week.
0: I have not had lasagna in so long. So what do you put in your lasagna?
2: Oh, everything I make is like a, a, a very simple three or four ingredients. Yeah. So mine is simply ground beef and cheese and noodles and spaghetti sauce. and uh, But it's layered upon layers. And it's just, like I said, really simple, but Yummy. you can't get anything better. Uh, well, a funny s- food story with John is at um, a previous job, they were having a chili cook-off. And he didn't tell me until like the night before. Oh, no. Again, my chili is like three ingredients. Uh-huh. So I threw it together, put it in a crock pot, and he came back, and he ha- he had won the chili cook-off. <laughs> That's <with> this <laughs> <laughs> By he, you mean you. Yes. Yeah, so we one always one. say my, yeah. my chili is award-winning with all three There you go. All, all there you of go. Its ingredients.
1: <laughs> okay. So I thought this was really funny because I couldn't figure out what my answer would be, but I would love to hear yours. So who would you like to play you in a movie? It's a well, good question. It is Maybe, a good question.
2: Uh, and it's a funny because you think about it in different ways. You think about, you know, you know, who acts like you and who who do you just love. And I have thought about a show that I really enjoy and it's a Netflix series called Sweet Magnolias. And it's just a really sweet show. It's more um it's so much more. It's great, by good the way. I'm gonna kinda. totally tell
1: you I love that
0: show. Yeah,
2: it, it is a really yeah. nice show and there's a one of the main characters is named Maddie, and she is played by Joanna Swisher. Yes, uh, who's not an extremely well-known actress, but I just really love her and her yeah. mannerisms and how kind she, you know, the character plays. She's just a great mom and a great friend. So I, I think I would say her.
0: Who would you pick? Oh gosh, I don't know. I'm a little bit. I don't know. See, I'd good, I'd pick Kevin James. That's a good one.
1: I don't know who I'd pick to to play me. I don't know. That's a good question. Maybe I'll answer that on another podcast because I just wanted to hear your answer. I didn't have one ready. (laughs) I'm I'm sorry, but I did not know. As always, we strive for candid, open, and sometimes even humorous conversations here on Impact Stigma. So please remember, this podcast is never intended to be a substitute for professional advice, formal diagnosis, or treatment for mental and behavioral health issues. If you need further assistance or have questions, please visit the Frontier Health website at frontierhealth.org for more information. If you or someone you love has an urgent mental health need, please call 877-928-9062 and our 24-7 Frontier Health Crisis Team will help. If you, your child, or someone you know is in danger of suicide, go to the nearest emergency room or call 911. We also want to say thank you so much to Food City for sponsoring this episode of Impact Sigma and we will be right back after a word from our sponsor.
0: A
2: certified Food City butcher has a lot on his plate. He cuts, chops, and grinds every day. In fact, about the only thing he's not cutting fresh in-house are corners. Beginning at 6 a.m., he grinds fresh beef all day long and stamps the hour that beef was ground, not the day. So by the time meat from other grocery chains is hitting the shelves, ours is hitting your grill. Now that's value every day, only at Food City.
0: All right, welcome back, guys, and thank you again, Food City. Kathy, we know a lot more about you now, a little fun stuff, a little more about John. And we also know that you grew up in rural Virginia. So what was it like growing up there? And can you tell us a little bit more about your childhood?
2: Um, absolutely. I grew up in Grundy, which which a lot of people around here know. It's a very small, coal mm-hmm. mining town. And I would have never known anything was not just normal, everyday life in Grundy. I mean, it was, um, I played with cousins and had had friends, and we played in the creek, and there was limited everything. Yeah. Um, I, I, I joke that we didn't have a McDonald's, but that's true. It was just really country life, and I feel like I had a good childhood. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, we all had struggles, you know, th- that sort of thing, but I always felt loved and, you know, had, had great friends, so... And just really had a good family. My mom and dad split up when I was little, but they remained friends. So well, I had good. both my mom and dad in my life. So it was, like I said, pretty normal.
0: I, I went through Grundy a lot as a kid because I spent all my summers in Big Stone Gap with my papaw. Mm-hmm. And we spent a lot of time running back and forth through areas because he liked to trade and deal and work with people. And I went through Grundy quite a bit. Yeah. It was a real little town just like Big Stone.
2: Yeah. yeah, Yeah. it really is.
1: So on this podcast, we hear the same answer a lot. Um, but I still want to ask you. So... When you were growing up, did your family talk about issues that related to mental health?
2: Not at all. Not at all. We, um, you know, I I realized as an adult that I had anxiety as a child, but I had no clue that's what it was. I just thought I was, you know, one of those quirky kids that worried about everything, and I, I really did worry about everything. I definitely have some mental um, health issues in the, in the family. Nothing, nothing that we talked about, but we, you know, we knew little bits and yeah. of things that were. Quite not the same with every other family, but right. I think even now it's it's just not something that comes up in conversation with the family. Yeah.
1: I mean, I grew up in a very small town, too. Um, I actually grew up in Newport, Tennessee, which was Cock County, and there's like Del Rio and Bobby, and I mean, I spent my childhood in Creeks and catching all kinds of things and doing all sorts of things, but, you know, we definitely didn't talk about mental health. I mean, like, at all. In fact, we heard, I, I like to say... We had, a, we had a lot of sayings like, you know, if something happened, not just if you fell down, but if you were sad, just to, uh, just to be tough. I don't know if you heard that one. Yeah, put some dirt on it. Rub some dirt on it. Yeah, that's another one. You know, my favorite one was, you're just making a mountain out of a molehill. Yeah, I heard that yeah. one a lot. Yeah, Excellent. don't make a mountain out of a molehill. So we heard that one a lot out there that some of our listeners are not from Tennessee, so they're going to wonder what the heck we're talking about. Don't make a big deal out of something if it's not, I guess, is what that means. You know, I guess my question is, like what effect did not talking about mental health have on your childhood and your adult life?
2: I, I really think it's it's more of kind of not knowing. Like you have that aha moment. Like, wow, that could have been something that could have been taken care of or,
0: mm.
2: or even not t- taken care of. Just if, if you understand what's right. going on within yourself, then you're more likely to be open to talk about it and to get the help that you need and so when I think I when I realized that what I had when I was growing up was anxiety and it could have been lessened or could have been helped through medical attention or or just someone to talk to, it, it really hit me pretty hard that I went through a lot of just, you know, internal things that I never you know, I never want my kids to to have to deal with that by themselves.
1: Absolutely. I was I don't know, I went through when I was 21, 21, not when I was younger, 21, I finally got diagnosed with attention deficit disorder. And I can look back on my childhood and see, you know, if I had just known. Right. You know, I mean, I'm a smart person. That has nothing to do with intelligence. It's a processing issue. Yes. But if I had the ability to, like, verbalize it or not feel like I was making, you know, always heard out, you're just making an excuse. I mean, like, a lot of people, there's a whole book about that, you know, people that suffer from that particular disability or like we're making an excuse or you're I'm always forgetting every little thing but I feel that I really really relate to man I wish I had the ability to just talk about it right absolutely And
2: I think you know the labels of troublemaker and uh, oh he's just being a boy or they're just hyper yes and there was just never any way to combat that constant feeling of not not fitting in and not you know, not being able to do what everyone else does, even as yeah. simple as sitting and being quiet, like yeah. it didn't. It didn't work.
1: I was a daydreamer, so I wasn't hyper. I just would look out the window and probably was coming up with some solution for something. But I looked like, oh, you're an airhead. Yeah, I was like, no, I'm not, but I couldn't say that. Yeah. You know. So,
0: well, we know you worked in the nonprofit world for a while now, and you've uh, worked in the communities, and we'd like for you to share with our listeners you know how you found yourself working in the nonprofit field and then like what brought you around to work so closely with kids
2: so uh, we said earlier that i went to emory and henry college and i was in communications and management and honestly when i graduated i had no clue where i was going like mm-hmm. i had these degrees and i was so proud but where was it going to take me so i started working in the public relations office at emory but Quickly got um, a call from William King Museum where I did my internship. So they were going to hire a marketing assistant, um, and I was so I was so happy. I mean, it was just like this huge relief, even though it was like really no money at all. But it was just this huge relief that I was be able to walk out of college and have a job. And I stayed there over ten years. So I was in. I was just started out as a marketing assistant, but worked my way up to marketing director. And I had a great mentor there. My supervisor, my boss, her name was Davina, is Davina. But she was just a great leader and a mm-hmm. great mentor to me. And I didn't know really what that meant until later on in life. Like what she did for me and how she helped me was pretty amazing. So after that I went. Uh, I got laid off there. I mean, it was, it was a hard time. Yeah. And it was right after my son was born. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a really difficult time. After that, I didn't, you know, again, still didn't really know what I wanted to do, but pretty quickly got a call from Bristol Chamber, right? and they had a program, a part-time program manager open, and got that job and started there, and uh, fairly fairly quickly went to full-time, so it worked out really well. Got to still do some marketing, but uh-huh. so I was mostly in the program development. Stayed there for several years, too, and then just, just one day, I, I was at a chamber event and started talking to a friend of mine. And she started talking about a, the job at Big Brothers Big Sisters. Yeah, and it really fell into place pretty quickly. It, I had worked towards that, I think, a long time, and the opportunity to get to work with kids—there was no way that I could pass it up. I was, yeah. It was just too exciting. So I started there and worked there for five years, and then this this opportunity with Boys and Girls Clubs, kind of the same thing. I got an email, and I was like, okay, here it goes. Here we go. Let's let's try it. Let's see what <laughs> let's see what I can do. And it went it went pretty quickly too. So I, I still get to work with kids, and I have you know it's a bigger job, right? But it's still what my passion is to work for our local kids. So.
1: Awesome, that's great. Yeah, she's done a c- tremendous job, actually. Thank you. Like I will Thank brag you. on you because I know it's hard to say nice things about ourselves sometimes, but you hold a tremendously large job. And um, my kids are. We were talking the other day, and I'm gonna I'll, I'll get on with it in a minute. But my kids, when I was going through one of the hardest times in my life. Boys and Girls Club was where they went, and it was exactly what I needed for exactly the time that that I needed it, and it made me feel like I could go and work and not feel worried or nervous as a single mom. And so I've uh, I was on the board for a little while in Washington County, and I love Boys and Girls Club. So thank you for all you do. It's an incredible program, and I will jump up and down about it anytime I have a chance. Well, so.
2: thank you. I, I appreciate that because I, I really believe in the program, and I've it's only good. been with Boys and Girls Club for. Nine or ten months now. So I don't credit myself with with that part of it, but seeing the national impact yeah. of this program is amazing. Yes. It's and I hear really stories great. every day. Yes. Every day.
1: They do. They're always trying to do they're always recognizing where kids are and they're always trying to figure out ways to help accommodate them where they are. So I think that's really important. So we did have that conversation recently. And you said something to me, and it really stood out. It stood out so much I wrote it down, and it's in my notes, and I want to keep it. And we were talking about you as a mentor to your staff and your impact on the lives of the children that you serve. And you said, when you think that you're worthless, you act worthless. And I was like, wow, that's so true. I feel like I've been in those shoes before. And so can you share with our listeners how mentoring others and helping children has changed your views on mental health and stigma?
2: Absolutely. I think um – as a leader we have to remember that we're not just there to do the job and we have to meet people where they are and I realized pretty quickly in interviewing and hiring processes and things like that that even employees that come come to my organization they they have problems too right and I have found that I've had several employees that have had such horrid experiences with other jobs that it's like they have PTSD, Mm -hmm. like these past traumas they're bringing with them.
1: That's very true.
2: And it's hard. It's hard because, you know, as a, as an employer, you have to make sure the job's getting done. Mm -hmm. But as a mentor and a leader, you have to make sure your employees are okay. Yeah. And I, you know, I teach self-care all the time and I always say, you can't care for someone else if you're not caring for yourself. Like, you have to be okay. So we talk about that a lot.
1: I really applaud that. That's phenomenal because there's so many. Oh, my goodness. I mean, working here is not like that at all. But I've been in places where people don't care about you. They just want you to yeah. come in and do a job and leave. And they don't care how much stress you're under. They don't care what's going on at home. And I think my one thing I, I remember, one of our past staff members here, she's retired, said, you know, your your life is not separated. You can't separate your business life and your personal life. It doesn't it's not possible to take yourself and split yourself and be two different people. Mm-hmm. So you bring your work, you bring your home to work and everybody's like, Oh, it's business, it's not personal. Like it's all personal. You right. know, it's very difficult to leave things outside of work. It's okay for you to like not talk about it and try to hold it together and you know be okay but it's still there and to recognize that people are struggling and that struggle follows them into the workplace I'm so grateful for you thank you
2: well uh, th- thank you I mean I'm, I I certainly try to do that and I've I've seen I've seen employees literally shrink yeah like if, if you give them construction constructive criticism or you know have to ask them to do things a different way than they're doing it, they shrink and if you know I I feel like the most important thing I can do is build them up. Yeah. Even if it's something that needs to be changed, there, there's no good way to do that except building them up and building the confidence. And for our employees, for my employees, it's like they have to take care of the kids. You know, they're the front line. They're right, right there with the kids every day. So if they're not healthy mentally, then how can they go help our kids be healthy?
1: So you're helping your staff not be afraid of talking about mental health so you're making an impact on stigma just by helping them feel safe at work. That's awesome.
2: Well, I, I hope so. You are. I mean, I, I really I mean that's feel.
1: it. And when you're afraid to talk about your mental health challenges and issues, that's most of the time it's because you're embarrassed or concerned or and nervous or, you know, feel insecure and it's from stigma. Right. So that's what we're trying to battle against in This in having this conversation and kind of like pulling the veil back and people seeing like, oh, I'm just like everybody else, you know?
2: Well, when I, you know, when I said that if you feel worthless, you act worthless. I mean, it, it's true with adults and children. Yeah. I mean, you can only be beat down so much oh, yeah. before yeah. you feel like that's true.
1: Yeah.
2: And our, like I said, our employees that come in that have been beat down by employers or our kids that have come, come in. And sometimes it's life. God, I mean, yes. COVID has been hard on our kids sometimes it's home life sometimes it's school life sometimes it's they're bullied whatever the situation is it's our job to make them feel better about themselves right and that's my goal at the end of the day is for every kid that comes to us to walk out you know knowing that we love them and it starts with your staff it definitely
1: does so great job that's awesome thank you
0: hello everyone like what you're hearing so far well, make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button right now. This podcast is made possible by listeners just like you, and we greatly appreciate your support. So let's get back to the show. So coming off that question, what are some of your favorite success stories involving, you know, your staff and team members and the children you serve?
2: There's a lot. There's a lot of them. I mean, I have to say that first, the the biggest success is uh, seeing a child's face, mm-hmm. like, at my previous job, we matched one-on-one. So right. We matched volunteers with, with a child, and we had, we had a little boy that had been severely abused and um, didn't trust men, so we matched him with a female volunteer, and his life was hard. I mean, even his life after the abuse was hard, and he trusted her so much when he needed a place to stay. That's who he went to, and he smiled and played with other kids at our events and that sort of thing, and that that wasn't his normal his normal wasn't to be involved in a part of the group so I think that to me was the biggest one of the biggest impacts and that was very early on when I started working with kids that I that I had that one and with staff I think I think one of uh, one of my girls right now she um she was always apologizing like Mm -hmm. it it seemed like everything was an I'm sorry or and Mm -hmm. And now to just be able to have those conversations about her and what what impact she's making, without her feeling the need to apologize and say I'm not doing enough, just to see her you know really come into herself and know right. that she I mean she's now in a leader position and she's leading others which would have never you know six months ago I could have never seen it. Wow, so.
1: that's so amazing.
0: That's why it's important to build them up. Exactly. That's why it's important to like really get
1: past all this stuff in the way of talking about our mental health because I mean my husband will tell you I apologize or I was that person I always apologize I mean I'm a domestic violence survivor so I had all this stuff ingrained in me that it was my fault every little piece of every little day if I messed up if something if something outside of my power was messed up I'm sorry that's my fault no it's not it's not my fault right you know, so it was like this empowering thing to go, I don't have to take responsibility for things that I didn't do. And I just stood much taller and it was so great. So I love hearing that you recognize that in people. It's really important. These are the kind of things that we're talking about and that without even knowing it, you're changing people's lives and helping them in turn do the same because they're going to ripple that out. It's going to be a ripple effect.
2: When you don't see it so much in yourself Sure. while it's happening, I remember having a... An older friend of mine tell me once that I didn't have to explain everything. Yeah. And it was as simple as she said, <laughs> I like your dress. And I said, thank you. I got it here. And it only cost this. She was like,
1: yeah, you don't just have say to you're explain welcome. it. Just,
2: just take the compliment yeah. and, no. and say thank you. And it, well, thank
1: you. Yeah, I said the wrong one.
2: <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> well, and it's, you know, she said her, her life coach had taught her how to just be present mm-hmm, in, in yeah. her life, and I think self confidence has always played a huge part in my life. And I think that that's when it hit me. You know, you think
1: the lack of it, or the yeah. or more of it. I think mine's the lack of. Yeah,
2: absolutely, it yeah. was. It's been the lack of for I don't know forty years. Yeah, and and for the last couple years, I've had this good friend that always, always, and she's great. She's always saying something nice to me. And it might just be, I mean, it might be about my outfit or something like that, but it might be my makeup or it might be my hair or whatever. And just that being okay to say, thank you. Thank you. My hair looks nice today. I'm so (laughs) excited. It makes a big difference because if you don't have confidence in yourself, then you don't project that into the world. Yeah,
1: I agree. I'm definitely working on it. I'm a work in progress. I stumble sometimes. Jeez. But I've got, I'm very grateful because there are a lot of people in my present state, my family and then just people here that have been really really great so it's I know what it feels like to be the person that's receiving the kind of mentorship that you're giving so I think that it's a really I can say from your employee I guess from your employee's potential perspective it's really helpful so that's really cool so what did your role as a mentor for others and working with children teach you about yourself and your own mental health Um, it's always a fun question right (laughs)
2: I think it's hard. It's hard to analyze yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's hard to turn it around and look at yourself. Mm-hmm. I think the anxiety, definitely. Like, I, I can see my kids doing things that I used to do. And I know now that they are having, you know, mm-hmm. this issue when I didn't know that about myself. But I think the biggest thing is learning that it's okay. I mean, it's okay. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's okay to talk about it, but it's just okay to accept it yeah. and say, okay, I've got, you know, I have this issue. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's not a huge issue. Maybe it's not something that you have to get medicated or whatever. Maybe it's just I need some time. Yeah. <clears throat> and I had um, one of my son's teachers, and I talk about it all the time, especially in my role now, she had a place in her classroom that she called Africa, and it had a little beanbag and it had chair, uh, pictures of giraffes. And when the kids got overwhelmed, she said, well, why don't you go sit in Africa? And so, some days I'm like, okay, I need to go sit in Africa. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. That space. It is. It really is. And we incorporate that in the clubs. And I think it's, you know, knowing your own head. Yeah. And when you when you can realize what you need and be okay with taking what you need. Yeah. And not feel guilty, because yeah. that was me. I felt guilty for taking yeah. that break. Right. And you're supposed to be present all Perf, the time. Yeah,
1: and perfect, yeah. and you're not. And I think the thing that I hear you say is I'm in a great big role. I'm a CEO, but you know what? It's better for me to present myself and show that I can be vulnerable and I can talk about the things that I expect them to be able to talk about too, and that I'm not perfect, and it's okay. Because sometimes when you're not in a leadership position or in you're under a leader there tends to be this feeling of, like, you put them on a pedestal and you expect so much out of them, and that's totally unfair because they're they're people, too, and they have struggles, too. So, you know, I think our CEO, I will say this, is a very real person, right. and I, I really appreciate that about her. And um, it took me a, it's, I mean, I've been here for a while, so I've really gotten to know that about her, and I, and I think it's one of her best qualities. Well, so, and, and you seem the same. Oh,
2: thank you, and <laughs> no, I, well. I, I, I believe you're right. I mean, you are right because I have felt – a lot in the past that I had to present myself in this perfect box. Right. And I had to fit in this box and I had to look the part and act the part and say, you know, play the part and speak the part.
1: And what if somebody sees
2: me not do it right? Exactly. Yeah. Because and then there was so much pressure that I would put on myself that I wasn't projecting a good mm-hmm. person, a good leader to my to my group. So when I realized that about myself – and I'm like you, I'm a work in progress. <laughs> but when I realized if, you know, I have to, I have to give as much as I take. Right. right? And it, it's hard. I mean, it is hard. It's rough, for sure. Yeah. But it's worth it. it. It really is. Yeah. It's definitely worth it.
0: So have you seen firsthand how stigma really affects the children and families your organization serves?
2: Absolutely. Every day, really. It is almost impossible to talk to a parent or guardian About a mental health issue or a problem with their child, if they are not open, like they don't, if they don't want to hear it, then there's nothing we can do. When that child walks out the door, to give them any help, like we can, we can be there while they're in the club. But I mean, even well, we had a parent that would keep information from us Mm -hmm. so when we would notice something and say you know say something about it they were like oh yeah that happens and we're like we we if you give us the information and I think that's across the board if if the caregiver if the after school if the school if if the parents if the doctors if if you have the information that you need then you can work together as a community to help yeah but when I mean around and, and it's it's a lot around here My first gut feeling was maybe they were embarrassed to talk
1: about it, where they felt that feeling of I'm not good enough or I'm a failure or someone's going to say something. You know
2: what I mean? Uh, I get that, and I get a lot of, well, I don't want them labeled. Right. Um, That is hard. It it is, and I'm like, well, we're we're certainly not going to label anyone. Right. But if we don't have the information to help, then we can't help. And if if something happens – and we don't know what's going on, we may think they're just a troublemaker or they're just right. acting out or maybe, you know. But if we know, okay, this is a trigger, and this is how we de-escalate the situation, which is the parents know these things. They've, right. they've raised their child. Right. So if we know those things, we can help. So it's it's difficult to get the message across that it's okay. I mean, it's yeah. okay to tell us this. but And we, you're
1: limited as far as how much time you have because, you know, my kids would come after school, and they would have a few hours. I would pick them up, and it's like your time with my kid is three hours maybe, mm-hmm. three or four hours, in the mm-hmm. summer all day, but yep. three hours, and that's all you have. That's really hard. And it
2: is. And, you know, I mean, we're, of course, you know, we have ratios, and we're not one-on-one. So we have, you know, one staff with several kids. But if we know what your kid needs, mm-hmm. like every child's different. Right. You know, we're going to run our programs with all, all kids, but – and we have kids right now that don't like to be touched. They don't want to be. They don't want to be patted on the back. Yes, bring you know?
0: this up. This yeah. is important. Yeah, cause I was that kid. I hated being touched. Yes, and for
1: my daughter's like that. She yeah. does not like hugs. Oh no, no. For
0: 25, 30 years, I cringed at a hug. Like you could not give me a hug. I hated it.
1: I didn't know that about oh, you. Oh yeah,
0: like I couldn't stand to be touched on my back. Mm. or my head rubbed why well, I should i keep my head shaved and when people try to rub my head it really <laughs> makes me mad because i'm like i promise don't touch I, won't,
1: me. <laughs> I won't ever do that i won't
0: i wouldn't but yeah but yeah, yeah. like i I'm, i know where they're coming from because yeah, okay. i hate it i just don't like it and i was just born that way like i there's i had no trauma no nothing bad it's Absolutely. just i just don't like being touched i'm honored that my
1: daughter goes outside of her comfort zone because she knows i'm a huggy person mm-hmm. and that like I love her so much and I want to hug her and she'll like go okay I don't like it but I love you and she'll hug me yeah. and I don't do it all the time because I'm respectful of my kid but right. it's neat that she'll at least try but it's but I definitely 100% am working on understanding what it means so yeah so what are you guys doing for that
2: well we I mean we treat each child as an individual. Right. So um, one of our little boys doesn't doesn't like to be touched. He doesn't want to be patted on the back. He doesn't mm-hmm. want to be hugged. He doesn't do high fives. He just doesn't like it. So we had a volunteer that was in that was talking with him and kept, you know, touching his back, and we could see him physically recoil. Mm-hmm. And we're okay with saying, hey, he doesn't like to be touched. You, you know, no yeah. disrespect, but we have to know these things. You know, if you don't tell me your child doesn't like to be touched, then we're probably going to give them, you know, a high five, and we're going to... Yeah. And then there's kids that all they want is a hug. You know, you walk in the door and they run up and grab your leg. Yeah. You know, and there's rules and regulations and we follow all those. But if we know that that's how your child shows affection, then we get it. And we just have to know. And that's I think that's where the stigma comes in is parents don't want to – place a label on their child but most of these things aren't even a label I know, it's just I wish you could information say,
1: they're like oh my kids out of the norm they're not normal I'm like there isn't a normal right. there is no normal there's so many differentiations between individual human beings there really should just be the normal the word normal should just be taken out of trying to describe people from now on and separate people I hate that
2: well and I think that comes from back when we didn't talk about it really exactly. yeah normal was you know Everybody
0: acted this way, did this way. Yeah, this is
1: how you behave if you're behaving the correct way, and this is how you behave if you're wrong. And it's like they're just everybody beats
2: their own drum. And I think today it's it's a matter of just saying, this is this is the box. This is the box I fit in. Right. But there's a hundred different boxes. Like there doesn't have to just be one box. So making sure that in our
1: conversation, you said we strive to meet people where they are. Yeah. That's exactly what you're talking about.
2: Absolutely. And that's
1: what we should all be doing. Just meet people where they are, yeah. you know.
2: In all aspects of life. Right. It's, it's not just work and just, but I mean, even friendships and families. You know, I, I have a sister that, you know, she and I are polar opposites. But we, you know, we come together and meet each other where we are. Find you the know? places
1: that you can meet each other and be okay with that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could talk about that with anything, politics, religion, all the things we're not going to get into. Right. <laughs> yeah. But you could. I mean, you don't have to be mad at people just because they're different than you. Absolutely. You know. So. Well,
2: and you're never going to be happy. I mean, you can't make <laughs> no. yourself happy if you're going to do that either. Absolutely.
1: So. so we know that stigma is the largest barrier for individuals seeking mental health care. We also know stigma creates feelings of being judged, insecure, neglected, and labeled. Individuals needing care you know, typically avoid taking that first step and reaching out for help. So, what are your thoughts on some effective ways we can make an impact on stigma within our daily lives?
2: I really think that the most important thing is talking, communicating, being able to say things out loud. I think once you're quiet, once you stop talking about it, is when the problems come. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if we as a society just make it the norm that we yeah. talk about our feelings, we talk about what's going on in our lives, and I think that I mean that may be the key, especially with kids. And um, simple questions: How are you? What's going on today? Um, how How was you know fill in the blank? How was school? How was work? How was How was life? Yeah. And how are you feeling about it today? Yeah. It just opens the conversation every day, and if, if we all can talk about it every day then that's going to make the biggest difference. I made it a practice with my son every night before we go to bed, and this has been years. I will ask him, you know, what is the best part of your day? I love that. Um, now, he's 13, so nothing is ever good about oh, any yeah. day. We have that as kids. We have that, that age in our house, and that's definitely what we get. Yeah, so everything, but that gives him, you know, that five minutes to complain. Yeah. Now, that's hard.
0: Right. That's hey, hard I love that point. To.
1: People don't realize that. It's like you've given them, that's really smart. I yeah. mean, even if it's negative, let him talk anyway. Yeah. That's good. But
2: it,
0: they'll like get
1: the, there, I promise.
2: 20 minutes on the way to school this morning, all he did was complain about one of his teachers because he had a bad grade and he talked to her about it and he did it. And I said, I will email your teacher. Yeah. And I'll, I'll see what we can do if we can get you to be able to do, you know, some extra credit or something. But he just needed to tell me about it.
1: Yeah.
2: And as much as, you know, it, it's hard for a parent, it's hard for anybody to, to just listen to somebody complain. But man, our kids need to vent and they need to be able to let it out
1: so i hope people listen to this podcast and they hear the thing about the kids because we just had a meeting today and i was stunned to hear some of the sad you know facts and figures especially because of the covid pandemic people don't realize how much of a mental health impact it has had on our children how isolated and just overwhelmed they are so if you're out there parents teachers anybody interacting with children you know get get down on their level and do exactly what miss kathy said and meet them where they are and give them a chance to to vent if they need to and be okay with that and there's don't tell them no don't be sad and rub some dirt on it (laughs) or don't make them out none of a molehill let them talk you know because their their molehill may feel like a mountain to them so you know
2: well and i hear a lot oh just filter it out and we as adults some of us can filter it out but kids can't
1: no they can't can't.
2: expect them to just filter it out
1: no they can't they're not developed enough to be able to do that so we got to take we got to be their champions and i love that absolutely well, thank you so much. Thank you so much for being here. This has been amazing and wonderful, and I've had a blast. Have you had a blast, Josh? i had a good time. Me too. How about you, Kathy? Thank you. Thank you. I have too. I've <laughs> enjoyed it a lot. Me too. So for our listeners, thank you so much for joining us because, guess what? Without you all here, we would just be talking to each other, so that's weird. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so this podcast, I want to kind of plug something. We were talking about it earlier. Josh mentioned it at the beginning, so I'm going to wrap it up. And this podcast is a piece of our Impact Stigma movement, which is trying to help raise awareness for stigma and also raising money to help make sure that the programs that serve and help our communities can stay able to do that. So we have a small community of givers right now called Impact Makers, and we're looking to grow that. And they give monthly, and those gifts go right back to Frontier Health and the programs and services Um, all throughout southwest Virginia and northeast Tennessee regions. So the best part, though, about being a monthly giver, besides what, you know, the joy of giving, is that all the special perks that we are about to launch, we're so excited about all the different things that we're going to be giving our impact makers just to say thank you for being an impact maker. So you have to get involved to find out all the details. And to do that, just go to our website at FrontierHealthFoundation.org. Then go to our Impact Stigma Movement tab and then scroll down and find Impact Maker and be a monthly Impact Maker. So we would love to have you. I personally give $20 a month, but if you can do a dollar a month, that's fine. I mean $5 a month, $20 a month, whatever you can give. This is I made this for people that want to give back but don't have the ability to do it in large chunks and want to budget it into their budget. And monthly giving is a phenomenal way to find um, a way to give back and budget into your your monthly, you know, whatever it is your expenses are. So I am just really excited about this, and we really need your help. We need all of our listeners to get on board and be
0: impact makers so we can make a real difference. And don't forget to subscribe to our show. You know, we make a bigger Absolutely. impact with a bigger audience. It's free. You don't have to pay for it. You can just say we like you or we don't. Whatever. Right. We don't We're care. on all the big platforms, yep. Spotify, Apple, Apple Amazon. Mm-hmm. All you got to do is hit subscribe.
1: That's right, and leave us a review and a comment, and a recommendation um, if you like what if you like what you're hearing. Like, make sure to give us a review or just you know hit the stars or whatever they have right there. So we would really appreciate it. And thank you guys so much for helping us grow. And don't forget to go make an impact. Stigma can make mental health problems worse and even stop a person from getting the help they need. Untreated mental illness places an enormous economic and emotional burden on our communities economic burden alone is in the billions and that directly affects all of us. We all play a crucial role in creating a mentally healthy community, one that is inclusive, rejects discrimination, and supports recovery. For us at Impact Stigma, this is way more than just a podcast. It is about igniting our communities, sharing our stories, and working together with listeners like you. We invite you to find out more about Impact Stigma on our website at impactstigma.com. One way you can make an impact right now is by sharing our podcast with your friends and family because you never know when something we talk about might be the reason someone you love asks for help. Mental illness is not a personal failure. We can't do this without you. So if you feel inspired to get involved, first, subscribe to this podcast. Then go visit our website at impactsigma.com. Watch the video and read about how you can become an impact maker. Thank you for listening to Impact Sigma. we are so glad you chose us. We want to thank our guests again for sharing your impactful story and doing your part to impact stigma. Join us next time as we enjoy some laughs and hear impactful stories. Until then, this work needs you. So go be an impact maker. Thank you and be blessed.